What's up, folks? Normally, of course, I say it is Friday Eve, but it actually is Friday night. And yes, a night that we normally don't broadcast unless the Eagles are doing something interesting on Saturday or something else like our Phillies. The hometown team right now taking on the Braves and hoping to take a 2-1 lead. And the last that I left it, it was 7-1. And I believe it also, it, it might have been 9-1. I'm not too sure, which I had to get things ready here for the show. But nonetheless... The Phillies are in the postseason, representing really well, took care of St. Louis. Let's hope they can take care of the Braves tonight and then possibly move on as they'll have another game to clinch because it is the best out of five. They'll take the 2-1 lead. So, yes, I'm darning the Phillies gear tonight, even though we will be talking hoops with Coach Mark D. Anderson from the Owensboro Thoroughbreds. And if you guys don't follow the basketball league, I would ask you to please Follow the basketball league. See what this team does. They're like the double A of the NBA level. So if you guys want some good, interesting games, especially here from the Owensboro area, or you can be anywhere in the U.S. overseas, no matter where you view the show from, the show from, you can take a look and see what not only Owensboro does in their neck of the woods, but what the TBL does all together. And as Evelyn and David have stated, which is where the spirit of the games lives, that's exactly why, because there are so many opportunities when it comes to TBL and everyone does their part to try to make this league successful. It grew with basically five teams up to 50 right now. And who knows before the season starts, maybe add another five teams. So we thank Mark for coming on with us tonight. We also thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to always like and subscribe to our channels, to our social medias. Therefore we can continue growing for you guys as much as you guys have helped us grow as well. So Eagles are also 5-0. and oh. Let's not forget that. And it is Dallas week. And yes, there will be a show on Sunday for those who are tuning in tonight. We will see you on Sunday. The time to be determined just a little bit later on. So check the, the social media, Facebook page, Twitter pages, Instagram pages. I'll let you know exactly. And also on the website as well, broadstsouth.com. And I'll give you guys all the updates on what we plan on doing for the Sunday show. So the Eagles know they got a tough challenge in front of them against Dallas. We all know how we feel against Dallas. I won't say tonight, but we know that Dallas is not liked in Philadelphia. But nonetheless, the Eagles are taking them on. We're hoping to see them go 6-0, but we know that every single week, as Nick Sirianni says, they look to go just 1-0 and and not worry about them being the only undefeated team in the NFL. So lots to get into, lots to talk about with the TBL, and I can't wait to have Coach on here momentarily because I follow this team close. And took a look at the run that they made. And as I spoke to Coach before the show started, I believe, and, and I'm telling you, just the TBL teams that are out there, take a look because Owensboro will be making noise this year. I believe so, including the new teams that are out there. But Owensboro, just watch. Just watch to see what's going to end up happening because I believe in my heart that they're going to be making a longer run than what they did last year. So with that being said, of course, I thank everyone for tuning in tonight from Australia from Kenya, from everywhere around the world. Thank you for tuning in and watching us on our network, BroadStreetSouth.com. You can always watch the live show there. Don't forget about YouTube and everywhere else. But more importantly, thank you for always listening, tuning in, and appreciating what we do for you as much as we appreciate you guys. So it is episode 161. I'm Angel, and welcome to Broad Street South. the coach on and as i said to coach i borrowed something just a little something 
from the Owensboro Thoroughbred site, and I'm pretty sure he'll let me know who made the video behind that. But I just add a little extra flair to it just to bring in that dramatic feeling that it comes from Owensboro. If you guys haven't watched the game, take a look from TBL TV and put your subscriptions in early because you'll be watching them as well. But check out this hype video. You guys are going to like this. Tonight, joining us from the Owensboro Thoroughbreds, Coach himself, Coach Anderson, once again, thank you for joining me this evening, and hopefully that hype video uh, brings a little more hype. I'm ready to run through a wall. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to run through a wall, but what an excellent hype video for you and the team. Hey, Angel. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that was done by Wonder Boy Media down in Owensboro, and they would follow us. They followed us around to all of our games, home and away. And then put together would splice that in home games they would do um a review of the games and sometimes they would beat up that night or for sure the next day but they do such an outstanding job this is another one of the facets that uh we have in owensboro i think makes us one of the um destinations to play in the tbl i would say so because again that, that hype video the, the music behind it i, I like the whole the way they did it and, and made so much sense. The transition from you guys, you know, whether it be in street clothes and back into the uniform and playing. I mean, that's great. And that's exactly what you need because everyone needs some hype. Before the game, I don't care what it is. It, it could be a prayer. It could be, you know, something that someone says. It, it could have been a player who made a, made a comment after a game. And everybody remembers that comment. No matter what it is, you need some sort of hype to get you ready for the game. So that video it was 
absolutely outstanding. And as the wind, as I added there at the very end, I saw that. The, yeah. That's for, for everyone to kind of catch up to what you guys are doing. So, you know, it's leaving what you guys did in 22 in the past and then looking to see exactly what's going to happen here in 2023. And, and again, you guys made an amazing run last year. I will say that much. I mean, it, again, I followed and, and saw what you were doing, uh, Came up short a little bit. We right. have to reflect upon 22 for a second here. And I know Kokomo took out here of you guys, which I'm hoping and I was wishing that obviously it wasn't going to be the case. And you guys were able to go a little bit further to finally get that that Lily trophy. Um, but what made kind of you guys exit out a little bit early, if you don't mind talking about it? Sure. No, I definitely talk about it. Well, one of the things, uh, you know, we, we had a really good start to the season. At one point, we were like 13-2. and two. We went 8-0 and oh in April. Um, I think, you know, as we talked a little bit before the show started, I think we peaked a little bit early, and then we locked up the division the first weekend in May, and then really it was just about playing the, the I hate to say, you know, playing the string out, but it's kind of like what it was. And unfortunately, we kind of lost, uh, you know, our momentum. And I did, too. I'll be honest. You know, I didn't I didn't do a good job of keeping everybody motivated uh, and, uh, you know, focused on what we wanted to do. And that first round by didn't help. You know, we sat out for a week. Kokomo got hot at the right time. Cliff had them going really well. You know, they were hitting on all cylinders. You know, they get into the playoffs at 13 and 12 or 14 and 13, whatever it was. And then, you know, we're sitting there at 16 and 7 thinking, you know, we're going to do a nice little run here. We get healthy. We had a couple injuries at towards the end of the season. Guys got fresh, but we just never got, you know, it got us out of our mode. And what was interesting, though, is that every team that got the first round by lost their first game. Uh, didn't necessarily lose the series like we did, right. but they, they lost their first game. So, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, the nice is the, the buy is nice to have, but I'm not sure that, you know, you really want it too often. No, I, I'd agree there. And I think for for most teams and, and, and even at, at the major level, at the major league level, it's the same way too. Like if you're running hot, I prefer – if, if there's a wild card spot, I'd rather come in as a wild card because you know you're playing next week, no matter what. And then you move on to the division series. I think it's the same way, too. If, if you're playing hot, especially when it comes to basketball, I think it's probably one of the ones where you never – I don't want to say you never want to have a bye, but at the same time, too, when you know that every team that we've ever seen in the NBA, when they're running hot, like as we saw Atlanta do it to the Sixers just a couple years ago, when you're running hot, you want to keep that momentum going because that's what gets you further into the playoffs. The only time you probably wish for to buy is that if you know you have a player that's coming who's getting ready to come back off the injured list and he has that extra week to heal a little bit more and then you bring him back and then you have a monstrous game hopefully the, the, the week after. But yeah, any team, I would say that if your momentum continues, keep it going because the worst is, is having that buy. But I also think for, for people who are tuning in tonight and, and have never experienced a TBL game, and, and Coach, you know this more than anybody, when you go to the game, I think a lot of people, unless you've been there, almost feel and and not taking anything from from the basketball league, but some people feel like ah maybe it's like a you know a junior adult high school game, right. and it's not even the case because the impact of the crowd that takes on for the home team, the noise that it's made in in whether it be in a in gymnasium, whether it be in a hall, no matter where you pick your venue to play, 
when the crowd gets into it and feels the energy off the team and the team, which I even saw with my own eyes with the Titans being down at 1.21 points, when the crowd gets back into it, it elevates that team a lot more. And so if, if you can describe to everyone the feeling of you being a coach on the line, and I know you're focused upon the game, don't get me wrong, because that's what you should be doing when the game is there. Right. But letting people know the environment around, like the fan base, the people that come to the games, how if we had it somewhat compared to the NBA, as far as the energy level, how would you state it to someone who's never been to a TBL game? Well, I think, you know, let's just use uh, Owensboro, our in-game. So we have uh, contests that go on during timeouts. Uh, Chris Allison, our team owner, went up to the Pacers game and sat and watched all the things that they did to keep the fans entertained during the game. And then he brought those things to Owensboro, like a drum line. We have those playing. Uh, again, we have uh, the in-game contest during the timeouts. He had the, um, you know, the, the gun that shoots the uh, T-shirts into the crowd. <laughs> so you know, we play in the Owensboro Sports Center. It's a 5,000-seat venue. Um, it's a, a historical place to play. It's kind of cool. It's really cool, actually. And the thing is, is that, no, we don't get 5,000 people in there. We'll, we'll get 800 to 1,000 to 1,200. But when the games are going, it's loud in there. And one one reason it is because of the low ceiling that's in the arena, and so all the you know all the uh, noise just bounces off that comes right back down, and it's loud in there. Plus, you have the background music that's playing. You know, some the other teams come in here and they look over, they ask me to turn it down, and I go, "What are you talking about? I don't hear anything." So, but I'll, to be honest, there are a couple of times where I had to say, "Hey, turn it down." They can't even hear me now. So right. those things. But, you know, it's one of those things. For example, we go up to Kokomo. Uh, we played up there last year in a regular season game. There were 3,000 people in the stands. And, wow. and it's in a gym, a high school gym in Indiana that holds 6,000. So they're, they're right on top of you. Uh, Lebanon, where the leprechauns play, great facility. They had great crowds there. So you, you see a lot of that in, in and around the TBL, where the, the fans are really involved. They get into the games. It's a fast paced game. And what the thing is, is that the majority of our players come from mid-major colleges. And the neat thing is, is a lot of these guys take off once they get to the TBL platform, because it allows them uh, through coaching, through our streaming of games to be seen uh, around the world. And they get an opportunity that they may not have had in college. All of a sudden they start to blossom because now they get to to showcase some things that they weren't able to do before. And, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing for all of us. And that it is because I, it, as far as fast pace, you're absolutely correct. Because being a broadcaster in a game, once the game gets ready to start, and usually I would come in about five minutes before uh, the tip off. And for me, when you're doing a show, like even with me here at, at the uh, LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios here at, at uh, in Tampa, the big thing is when I'm here, you know, it's I have a comfortable environment. I know exactly what I'm doing. I got all the moving parts and everything else. When you're at the game and once the tip off starts, you're talking for two hours and 20 minutes, however long it is, it, yeah. it goes. And then you figure, okay, at the half, I'll be able to at least take a you know a, a minute break so I can take a, a, a sip of water. But then by the time the stats roll around and you're talking about the first, you know, first game or the first half highlights. Before you know it, you know, it starts all over again. So it is fast paced. That's the one thing I, I do appreciate right. because 
you don't have the extra TV timeouts and everything else in between. And it, it's good because then the fans don't have a chance to come down either, whether right. you're at home or away, because the fans are into it. And the nice thing that I, I will say, when it came down to watching it in Tampa, it was funny how when the away team would come in and there's some of their away fans would, would make the trip, depending how far they had to travel. The banter that went on back and forth, normally, of course, you know, you could say something extremely ugly. And on a professional level, everybody knows everybody's been to a game where it's been something that's set out of character. The nice thing that I did see when it came to the TBL, the even though the fans were going at it, but there was no like there was no profanity, there was there was nothing in there that was demeaning from one team to the other. And most of it was because they chose a particular player. And they would tell him if you know that player was playing like garbage or he threw up a brick or something else. And it seemed like the players kind of came off of that because a couple of times you could kind of see the players looking at him in the stands like, wait, did they just say that? But yeah. it added to the drama of the game. So uh, you're absolutely right. It is fast-paced. And that's why I hope that people, when you're listening to this on the audio download side of the house, for you guys to take find out exactly where. And you go to the basketballleague.net. Find out the teams that are in your home state, in your home city. Take a look. Even if it may not be in your hometown, drive up to the next town. Grab a ticket, watch, grab the popcorn because it's going to be exciting from start to finish. I can guarantee you that. Halftime feels like you guys walk in the locker room, you exit out the double doors, and it seems like you're just walking in the next set of double doors and coming back in because it does go by so fast. So right. you're in as far as things you were talking about within the community in Owensboro, and I want to bring up a picture here as well because you guys are heavily, heavily involved within the community. And you had yes. this posted up on Twitter just a couple of weeks ago. And, and if you can describe, because again, it, what people need to understand is the basketball league, just like you guys see with Orangeboro, are heavily involved within the community. At least they try to get more and more involved, probably than any other league that I've seen myself, maybe close to as far as the Eagles. And again, I'm just speaking as a homer because I've seen things that they've done in Philadelphia. But being involved in the community, it makes that connection between you guys and the fans. And then bringing those guys and girls in to see not only how much they've succeeded with what you helped them out in the community, but they also get to see you as a team as well and excelling. So could you describe for the for everyone watching and then those listening as well the picture with one of your players and then and I lost coach and he'll come right back here. But yeah. as far as your players and then the what we see within the community within the picture. So what we have there is a, a league that we're sponsoring in Owensboro, and that's uh, JV on Eves, our players, with with the players there, and it's Disabilities League. And what it does, it gives them an opportunity to go play. Our guys that are in the area that are down there uh, go in and assist, help out by coaching, working with the the players uh, on a weekly basis. It's you know, it's just one of those things. Is that when we recruit players to Owensboro? one of the first things that we ask them is, are you willing to be in the community? And of course they say yes, but the thing is, as it goes on, we see whether or not, you know, their yes was for true, you know, truth or not. And sometimes that's, that's a reason why we don't bring people back is that they don't go out into the community and we need people out there. So it's one of these things, you know, Jay is, he's, he's doing a better job of this, than before and i like seeing him out there because he's you know he played at murray state he's from kentucky and it's one of those things that he's stepping up and, and it's really enjoyable to see because he's really a good guy uh he's nice uh to talk to he's friendly uh he's a crowd favorite again because he's from the area 
So it's one of those things. And this is huge, not only for us, but for him and for the people's lives that, you know, he's touching when he goes in there and helps out. Yeah, and, and the one thing I will say as well, when it comes to that, because when we had Prescott Mack from Coastal Georgia Buccaneers, he talked about almost what you're saying this evening is that when the players, when they're involved in a community and, and again, everyone tries to get, and whether it's, you know, an elementary school, high school, wherever it's needed, that he, the one thing that I did like that he did say was that if, if a principal ever reached out to him because a child was being bullied, that if he had one of his players available or he was available himself, that he would send when he was in Dallas, one of the players to the school to pretty much uplift that child and let him know that it's going to be okay and invite him to the game. And, and I think that's, to me, that's really important. Only because oh, yeah. we, it's a complete different society that we live in today. And I think for a lot of these kids that, they, you know, we always hear growing up and we hear it more and more today that, you know, with most kids or most people are trying to find themselves and figure out what they want to do next. And when you have someone that that's being bullied because, you know, they might wear a funny pair of glasses, they don't have name brand clothing. You know, some kids I've seen have worn, you know, one, two different sneakers only because it's what the parents can afford at the time. Will things get better? Of course, we all go through our ups and downs in life. Everybody knows this, but it's nice to see when you guys as a team are able to reach out to the community and, and help them being involved so that they know, you know what, you do have a place to voice your opinion or, you know, showcase your talents or what you can do because everyone has a unique talent that may not be on a, it may not be on a basketball level. I've seen people that right. they play the flute and, you would never think that that person would be able to play such a fine instrument the way they look and present themselves. So it's good to see the TBL always, always getting involved with everything. And, and same way with you guys with Owensboro, because I was, for me, that picture meant a lot. And I wasn't a part of it, but it meant a lot because you can see the involvement and the happiness between your player, obviously, and then the fans that were coming in and the kids that were in yes. there. So that, that's always, always good to see as far as community involvement. And you, you were talking about T-shirts. And I mentioned this prior to when we came on air here. There's, I don't know how in the world you guys end up doing this. And you started explaining to me earlier. But <laughs> this T-shirt gallery here that you guys have, that's okay. quite amazing. Yeah. So, again, it goes back to our team market owner, Chris Allison. He comes up with these marketing ideas. And this is part of. One of the things that in um, players get in Owensboro, they get an opportunity to get royalties from um, their T-shirt sales with their likeness on it, their jersey sales, uh, any of those things that you can do along that lines will do to help the players um, with along with their contracts. So it's an idea that he came up with. I, I couldn't tell you how many shirts were sold. Chris could tell you. Um, but I think uh, I did see a lot in the, in the stands as they were now, they weren't all available at the same time. So he would, he would like preview who was coming up that week. And then that shirt would be available and then, um, would be available online for people to buy. So we saw that. I saw a lot of our jerseys. You could get your name put on the back or you could have, uh, your favorite, uh, player's name on the back. So those types of things. So again, it's one of those things, um, uh, that's kind of, I wouldn't say unique to Owensboro, but, um, it's something that we're out in front doing a lot. All right. And to me, I, I think it's pretty neat because again, especially if you guys are letting them have the royalties from it, I mean, it's anything that can help the players out as far as making money. We know. Okay. For those who don't know, these guys don't make NBA contract levels. I mean, you're, you're not talking about 20, 40 super contracts or anything else like that. A lot of these guys with the contracts that they make, 
and the money they make, I should say, is because they want to get to that next level. They want to get up to the G League. They like to get to the NBA level. Most guys like to play overseas, and we've seen a couple of your players as well hit the overseas yeah. market. And I and that's the one thing, Coach, I guess I, I haven't asked from the other coaches as well. When a player makes it to where they wanted to be, so let's say you have someone who wanted to go to Columbia to go play Columbia ball. How much of an honor is it for you to be able to coach that individual player and then for him to land exactly where he wanted to be? I think that's a huge reason on why I'm still doing it because it's cool to help these guys um, see their dreams come to reality. And, you know, in the last six, seven years, well, let's go back to the, uh, the year before, that team had six guys go international. Uh, this year, we just, uh, Darius Nunn just went to France three weeks ago. So he was our starting point guard the last two years. So he's overplaying in France now. So those things happen. Um, Javion Eves, who was in that photo that you showed, played in Georgia last year and then came back for our season. Uh, Evan Milligan was in Georgia, the Republic of Georgia playing, and he's over in Albania now. So we give these guys the opportunity. Now, once they get there, it's up to them. But the thing is, we've given them that platform, and it's really cool to see how these guys – can keep playing and I think some of these guys can play well into their 30s and it's good brand of basketball that's out there I think you know the TBL is kind of under the radar when it comes to how well we play but you got Lindy Waters now out in OKC that's starting who played right. for the Enid Outlaws we've had several guys that have been in NBA summer league or NBA G League um, training camps so those things it's exciting we got guys who can play there's no doubt about it. And we got coaches who can coach. And that's the other thing that uh, is a platform for, you know, help coaches get somewhere uh, where they want to go in their career. So it, it's good for all of us. It is because I've always put down there that as much as I possibly can with my full time job, obviously, and then coming home and doing this as a full time as well, on my own network. But I try to send a message out there with the TBL every time they put a message because it's opportunities. Honestly, God, it's exactly what the basketball league is. It's opportunities for those who want to take the opportunity. No one is ever going to come to your door and knock on your door and say, hey, Coach Anderson. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers here. We want to talk to you for a minute because I, I know you haven't been doing much, but I want to you know, talk to you. No, because everyone is there to showcase their, their best talents. Now, coincidentally, could it be Cleveland come knocking your door? Of course. Why? Because they've seen the opportunities you have done for your team, for your players, and your assistant coaches as well. So, you know, the opportunities are there for guys who want to try out. Guy, and I, I'm, I have right now a young gentleman in New York his name is Junior, and he's trying to do what the, what he possibly can do to get himself at least to try out on one of the teams. Right. And as I said to him, the best way he can do it right now until the trials come in his area, just put a video out there of who you are, you know, your talents, showcasing, you know, what, what kind of game you have, and then go out there and try and do the best you possibly can because a team will pick you up or at least offer you you know, a, a trip to the combine. And then from there, you know, it comes draft night. And then you hope that one of the teams is picking you up. So if you play basketball and maybe not even played at, at, a, at a major level, try out because you never know. This is the opportunity that you may have thought that you have missed in your life because you couldn't make it in college financially. Now you have the opportunity right. of uh, going on with the TBL and figure out, you know what, let me see what I can do. And, and could I be, you know, that, that person that the team needs, that key factor. So take the, take the opportunity that the TBL presents 
for everyone because it's amazing what Evelyn and David have done in a short amount of years. It's absolutely amazing. And now reaching out to Canada and going up yeah. north to our friends in the north. I mean, it's just, I, I just, I see this continuing to grow and grow and grow and being a part of it. It's a lot of fun because again, you get to see so many different teams doing so many great things. And these players are just, it's I mean, when they come into that, it, and again, I'll just use the Tampa experience. When they walk in to that venue, I don't care what's on their mind. The minute they cross through that threshold, whatever outside is going on, it's done. It's now game time because you can see them when they come into practice. Coach Barry, I will say that much, and, and Coach Barry went overseas, but Coach Barry had those guys locked in. And he went on an amazing run, first time they were ever going to playoffs. Unfortunately, they were exited out early. But when these guys come to play, they come to play, and they put the show on, even if they don't think they're putting the show on for everybody. So if you're watching them in, in a high school stadium, even if it fits, let's say, 100 people, guarantee those 100 folks are going to be on their feet at one point or another rooting this team on. So, again, Owensboro, look out, everybody. I'm just saying it right now, Coach Anderson, Owensboro is making a run. So I just want to let you guys know in advance, as I already said a couple of times tonight, but we, we also talk about, too, when it comes to the opportunities, you guys have also helped out, and I'll bring this up as well here, a set of coaches from the TBL now in the NBA development program. So now how important is that you guys helping these guys out to be able to make it to that next level? Oh, with the referees. Yeah. The referee pictures there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was huge. Um, you know, you got Ronnie Nunn, former NBA, uh, official for what, almost two decades, two or three decades, two and a half. And then he's in there helping these guys. And then with those guys, you know, they get the opportunity, they're getting rated. So what had happened out there in the TBL Summer League, so after each half or game, the officials, the veteran officials would come over, talk to the younger officials and say, hey, this is what you, it, it was. They were scouting them. So, all right. So they were they were rating them. And then you had NBA people there, too. Um, not necessarily that everybody knew that they were there, but they were also watching also to rate officials to move them on and the interesting thing is we had uh, one of our female referees um, doing a NBA summer league game uh, which is really cool it is and, and I did see one of the and I'm wondering if she's the same one that came down to Tampa they we I know we had a female referee that came down uh didn't play whatsoever she was she was <laughs> on her game to say it best because one of the other referees didn't seem like he could catch everything but she was there to pick up yeah. what he missed and it, and that's good to see too because again the those are guys and girls that can then have an opportunity come to g league come to the nba level and or going overseas because everybody right. makes you know and when it comes to being a referee in the nfl you got to start from the very bottom you're calling from you know the peewee league you finally get up to the, the junior varsity you start calling a lot of high school games before you get the call to go to college once you're in college that's when you know you're aiming for the NFL. But it also comes with the officiating crew that you're with because if those guys and girls aren't good, you're not going to make it just like they're not going to make it. So that's where you guys end up establishing that teammate or that team chemistry in order to be able to make it as an NFL referee. So, I mean, kudos to those guys. And, and again, to you guys for helping them out and assisting as well. And, you know, the a lot of the parts, as we talk about the players, we talk about the organization, 
We also know that these guys go out there and they train. They can train off-season just right now. We know that you know the season comes around in March. It seems like it's forever away, but it, it's once January comes around, you're talking about the combine, you get into draft, and then before you know it, the league starts. So one thing that I found interesting as well, and, and I'm pretty sure there's other teams that end up doing it, but you also have it where you can have someone come in and actually train with the thoroughbreds. How has that been working out for you guys? Oh, Javion's been doing a good job. Again, he's local down there. So the thing is with, with us, because we provide housing, we can bring in guys from all over. So the thing is, a lot of them don't stay there year round, but the few that do, now like Javion, he's really involved with the training. Our assistant coach, Brad Zellner, can go down there and he's he's trained some people locally too. So those things, you know, we have that outreach from the staff also. I'm up in Cleveland. Um, in the Cleveland area. So I don't get down there that much during the off season other than with our combines and things like that. But I do keep track on what's going on there and, you know, what our guys are doing. And it's good to see them. So train with the thoroughbreds is one of the, it, it's an offshoot of our train with the thoroughbreds that we have there on Monday nights during the season. I think we had uh, up to eight sessions where we had them. Now, last year when we did it, the most we ever had was 16 on a, on a Monday night. The most we had this year was like 30 some wow. and we consistently had over 20 in each of those nights. So it's building, it's building angel. The things that we're doing down there, the people are starting to see that at first it was difficult because people weren't sure if we were going to be back as an organization. Uh, once Chris started putting money back into uh, the ch local charities and then with our 12 home games, we wear a different uniform every home game for that charity and then proceeds part of those proceeds go to that charity to benefit them so now they're seeing all right yes we are vested in the community we are staying there we our guys love being there uh you know it's it's a great spot it's a great community great people great venue community everything about it you know i can't speak enough about it but the thing is is that these guys get in there we go out the year before we before COVID hit we would do school assemblies and I'm not kidding you, it'd become an all school assembly for like 40 minutes. The, the bleachers would be full and it would turn into questions and answers. And then by at the end of 35, 40 minutes, you know, the kids had to get back to class, but we could have kept going. And that's, that was the fascinating thing. I was in awe of uh, how, you know, people were taking to us when this, when we would go to the schools, because here's the difference between us and the NBA, just because of the talent, not because of the talent, but just because of the fact that, hey, we can go out and be in the community where it's tougher for them. I get why they can't. I understand that contracts right. and things like that. I get all that. But the thing is, is that we're out in the community and this is to, you know, and we always tell our guys, make this your NBA when you're here. Do the things that you would do if you, you know, if you were the at the Pacers, if you were in Cleveland, if you were in Philly, do those things that you would do if you were called there. And a lot of those guys do take that approach and it works. And I got that from Don Sellers, who got me into pro basketball about 10 years ago. And I, I've always used that as the opening uh, to our training camp as a way, it, you know, as a motivation. No, that's good. I mean, that, that's great advice because it's true. Anything, if if you're showcasing your talents at the TBL level, that's exactly the way you should be treating it. You should be looking at it like if you were in the NBA or if, if that's your ultimate goal, do it that way. At the same time, too, always remember that, you know, whatever you do, 
some things that some athletes tend to forget. And, and again, on the various levels, when you go out in the community, what you do out there is going to reflect upon what happens with the team because people always remember the good stuff, but man, right. with things with this thing here and they get the roll yep. film and everything else, it, it's one of those things that they say, you know what? Uh, let's talk about this incident over here. So, and I think with the TBL, I, I've, I haven't seen it and I, and I hope we never end up seeing it that way as well, but you know, people make mistakes. We all know this. We're all human. Right. And we just hope that when you make the mistake, you're able to bounce back from it. But again, using just using this platform, everything that you guys end up doing for all the players, and I, I'm talking about the, the maturity, how to handle themselves, you know, the, the, not as much as what to say and do, but just without saying it, explain it to them. Like, listen, when you once you pass those doors, understand that it, you, you are a reflection of this organization. So be careful what you do out there because people will come back and they can, honest to God, we all know that it can end up hurting a business. Because right. when you're looking at a fan base that comes in and they're pouring all this money and something happens and something goes awry, it's quick for that money to evaporate and people just go away. And then you got to build the, re the reputation back. So that's good, you know, good thoughts and, and what you tell the players and what you were told to encourage them. But speaking of, because I've also noticed you've been 33 years of experience. And <laughs> it's amazing to see for something that you're passionate about that you continue doing that. I mean, I've been a fan for God knows how long, you know, but just, just being a fan and then being able to start my own small company and, and get to where we are right now. You know, it's fun because I can add that towards my, I guess my life resume of anything else, but 33 years of, of, of experiencing and the experience that you have, the one bigger one that I asked beforehand, before the show started as well was you went to a college, went up doing the rebuild process. On top of doing the rebuild process, and, and it may be a college that many people don't know about. I could say the name, but I might end up destroying it as well because we had Cayuga County back in, in Pennsylvania. But you took a small college and turned them into champions. Can you walk us through that process? When you got there, what the experience was like, and then when you went away after you know winning your championship there? All right. So, yeah, you're close. It's Cuyahoga. <laughs> so, Cuyahoga Community College. So I was teaching at Cleveland Central Catholic and Cuyahoga Community College Metro Campus was about 10 minutes from me. And I always felt that if I, that job opened up, I thought this could be a gem because there were so many good players in the Cleveland area. And lo and behold, it did. It came open in 2002, but I wasn't the first choice. And I said, all right, well, I'll go back. I was teaching high school and still coaching college at Akron Wayne College. And we were on our way back from a, a family vacation in Florida. And I get a call from the AD. And I think we were in South Carolina at the time. He goes, hey, can you be in here tomorrow and, and talk about the job again? I said, yeah, I'll be in there. <laughs> so we hightailed it. I got back. We ended up working out that I did get it. But one of the things that I told him, and I've never done this before in an interview, I guaranteed that we would play for a national championship by my third year. And mm -hmm. I, th I thought, all right, now I just threw the gauntlet down, so <laughs> I better produce. So we ended up winning it in my second year. We were um, 10 and 16 my first year. We kind of cleaned house. Not that not that they weren't good guys. It's just that we had other guys that were coming in that that were better basketball players. 
The one right. thing I was proud about that 10 and 16 team is we didn't lose anybody to academics. And, you know, that's one of the stereotypes of JUCO is that uh, the kids, you know, they can't go to four year colleges, not because they're not good because of grades. That's far farthest thing from the truth. OK, let's take, for example, up here in Cleveland, the metro area is so large, not everybody gets seen. So it was a, and this was before social media was huge, you know, with putting out highlights and things like that. Back right. in 2000, early 2000s. So we ended up assembling uh, quite a team. And then we we struggled throughout the year. And then the last, we won our last uh, seven games going into counting the regional out at Lakeland, going into the uh, national finals in Danville. And I'm sitting there with my assistant coach and I look at him. I go, how in the heck are we going to keep up with these teams? <laughs> They're running up and down. I'm going, there's no way. Well, lo and behold, we had to play four games and four nights to win. And we ended up winning the national championship on the fourth night. We beat Mott uh, College. And everybody in that gym was going for Mott, by the way. Wow. <laughs> because they were <laughs> they were one of the returning champs, and we were the new kids. And I remember uh, one of our players, Mike Melton, sprained his ankle. He's my starting forward two minutes into the game. I'm walking out on the court and I hear somebody yell, it's over coach. Well, that fired me up then. I went back <laughs> in the huddle. We got everybody together. I said, all right, we're, we're going to win this thing. And we ended up winning by seven, 74 to 67. But out of that, you know, this is where guys uh, ended up highlighting a guy by the name of Steve Jindra, who never played hardly at all because guys had fouled out during this game in injuries. I had to put him in the last eight minutes of the game. Well, he got a steal. He got a jump ball. He scored a basket. He played great defense. Um, and it was one of those things that if it wasn't for that, who knows? You know, I had guys on the bench, Jeff Boggs. He hit a, a three in the first game of the tournament out there. And then I didn't play him the rest of the time. But the thing is, he could have gone south. Nope. He was one of the first guys off the bench every time out. And the funny thing is, or the great thing is, to this day, most of us stay in touch with each other. And oh, we had wow. a 15-year reunion uh, two years ago at Tri-C when they had a game because our starting point guard, Michael Duncan, was the uh, men's basketball coach there. And is one of his assistants, Ray Smith, who was my assistant at the time, helped get it together. And the great thing is we even had Daryl Harris uh, via um, Skype from Poland because he was in his 14th year playing professional basketball and he's still playing today. 16 years later, he's still playing. Wow. And it's one of those things that, you know, he got an opportunity. Daryl is one of my favorite stories. He was a, a six, five senior sitting on the bench at Cleveland East high, never played. He comes to us in the fall of 2002 coach. I'd like to play. Okay. Uh, how many credits you have? Well, I'm only got, I only have seven. I'm well, you got to have 12 to be eligible. All right. He comes back the next, next fall. And I look up at him. He had grown to be six, nine. I go, Daryl. <laughs> he goes, yeah, coach. Yeah, it's me. So he gets it. He was one of our main cogs. The following year we go back. He's six eleven. We ended up losing in the final four, but he ended up getting an opportunity. He became an all American. He went from riding the bench in high school to a, a JUCO All-American to finish his last two years at Rhode Island 
and is playing in his 16th year as professional basketball. So it's one of those things that we're proud of. A lot those guys, all those guys off that team are doing something, either coaching, teaching, military service. Uh, it's just been wonderful to see them grow as men. Uh, one of them is a filmmaker, Lamero Smith. He's make he's done some films here locally. It's just great to see them as fathers, as husbands, as you know, to grow. Uh, from where they were when we got together back in 2003, 2004. Wow. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Cause again, you never know. I mean, you never know where the road of life takes you. And it's pretty no. good that you're, you know, that you're able to, to coach these guys. And, and I'm pretty sure the feeling, first of all, I, I would, I will say as, as a broadcaster, would I love to be able to call a championship game? Of course. Cause then you would be a part of the experience. But it it has to be an amazing level, and I and I'm going to reference now two years. I I've seen the Phillies win the World Series twice, 1980, 2008. Again, as a fan, it, it's an exhilarating experience. When it came to the Eagles, I mean, there was nothing like it, and I hope I get to see that again. But coach, the feeling that you have to have, I I want to know when it once the buzzer ends of the final game, do you? In that moment, do you feel that moment of euphoria at the end of it, or does it take a couple of days before it sinks in? Like, wow, we're actually champions. Oh, it was, it was, <laughs> I let out a loud yell. I know that it was like, <laughs> hey, you know, we won. And I tried to jump the chairs to get to my family, and I missed <laughs> my knee, which they still remind me of years later. But you know what? I'll take that for a national championship. But you know, yeah, on the way, and the funny thing is is that on the bus ride home, my assistant, Or Ornette Gardenhire, turns to me and he goes, well, what are we going to do next? <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things. Yeah, you're right. We did this in our second year. What do we got to do? Well, we went back to the final four with only eight players. You know, wow. that's how well these guys meshed. And we had we had a great group of men. And one of them, Grant Urbanski, he went on to play at Montevallo University down in Alabama. So he went from being MVP as a freshman, went in the national championship. He went to the final four with us in uh, the second year. And then in two years at Montevallo, went to the elite eight in the final four. So you can't top that. You know, he had a great college career and he's now a PE teacher down in Alabama. So it, it opened doors for guys that may not have been there before. That is quite incredible. That you're in, man. It, it's something again. It's a life experience that people won't understand when you when you take us. And, and again, it's a small school. Most people won't hear about it, but it's a right. small school that that led on to, to bigger things. And so, and, and it's a legacy you left behind for them as well. And it was good to see that you guys had a reunion to go back and reflect as far as what you end up, you know, what you guys end up doing and how it evolved all those young men as far as a career. So that that that's amazing. That's why I hope. Listen, I'll be your biggest fan. When it comes up to 23, and I hope you guys are able to do it. I, I, you know, I know there's other teams that are out there, but I hope you guys are able to make that run because it, it would be nice to obviously to win that championship and bring it home, just like any other, you know, league team in the league as well. Um, you know, whether it be in Charlotte Purple Jackets, Coastal Georgia, I mean, everyone in between, right. everybody's fighting for it. And then you guys, everybody knows you start out, oh no, and then the streak continues after that. So it, it's a lot. That you guys are writing on, but I just hope nothing but the major success for you guys coming up in the 23 campaign. Now, do you know, and I know it's early out, but do you guys know if you guys are going to have any returning players? Well, I know that we'll have JV on for sure. 
Um, I'm hoping that we get back uh, Marty Hill, who was uh, he he's a neat story because last year in the draft we had we had the number 28th pick, and I knew going in that he was somebody we wanted. One because uh, he had played at the University of Evansville, which is only 40 minutes to our west from Owensboro. So again, people would name recognition. So it was one of those things, and he had done well at the Minnesota Combine and was coming down there. So I had started a conversation with him. And to be honest, Prescott Mack wanted him in Dallas. So I reached out to, to Prescott. I said, hey, Prescott, I'm not trying to grab a player from under you, but how much do you really want Marty Hill? He said, well, I'd really like to have him a lot, but if you can use him, then you go ahead and you bring him to Owensboro. I said, well, thank you, because I would never want to take somebody, you know, without first talking to the other general manager or coach ahead of time. So it ended up working out. But the thing is, I knew that there's no way that he's going to, he's going to show out at this over two days and at 28, I'm never going to get it. So we went to Flint who had the number seven choice and said, all right, what would you like for us to, what do you need from us to move up to number seven? So it was a cash considerations. We, we did that. We gave them the amount of money they asked for. We moved up to number seven. I got Marty Hill, became a starter, averaged 14 a game. And it was one of those things that we're hoping he's back. Montel James, who was our center, uh, six foot seven. You think, well, you know, he's not a pro center. I'll tell you what, he averaged 18 points and 12 rebounds. He played for Loyola of Chicago, uh, Division One, and he holds his own. Now, we got to get some help for him. Uh, we didn't, that was the one thing, that was the other thing that kind of helped, held us back from making that run is that we didn't have a true big to back him up. Our other player, Alex Arlano was sick. He's a six, six forward, but he was playing out of position. We want him to be able to play forward. If he comes back, uh, he's working on his graduate degree and wants to be, um, a school counselor, which is great. You know, all these guys have their degrees. They, they've earned them. That's the other thing that people tend to forget is that these guys have done their work on and off the court. They're ready for the next step in life once basketball is done. Yeah, that is, that, that is really important. And, I, and that's why I, I, I can't say enough that I hope that everyone gets the opportunity to watch the basketball league. And again, go to the basketballleague.net, look on the website and check out the local teams surrounding your area. And then you'll understand why we are as passionate as we are to see these guys excel and what the, you know, what the teams end up doing inside the community, what everyone's involvement is that you can be a part of the fan experience is huge when it comes to the TBL. And I just, I hope that people really gravitate towards that so they can see how much these guys mean to the teams. And, and one thing coach, I will say as well, that I don't think people understand that of course we know that the NBA has their draft, you know, they, they, they make, a semi big deal, not as much the NFL. They go above and beyond. I think it's absolutely insane. Right. But you know, with the NBA, they, they have their draft. I don't think people understand either that the TBL does have a draft night, and it, it is there. There's war rooms. There's everything that you guys all get together. So, you know, if if everybody thinks this is you know at the high school level, you're absolutely wrong. This is as professional as it gets. So, yes. uh, to before we end the, the end up ending the show here tonight. What's it like your your first engagement in that war room? And you guys are going back and forth because you know what you need and the haves. Is there a lot of tension that, that builds up leading to that moment? 
or if something falls apart, like you were just saying, you know, a little while ago that, you know, you're able to maybe make a deal with somebody else. How much does that draft war room, the, between the excitement, the energy, and maybe sometimes a little bit of a letdown because what you guys want, you can't have. So for those who have never been a, a part of that from any level, explain to us, if you don't mind, what draft night is like. So when the team, when we have it in Indianapolis, uh, it's over a, a course of a Saturday and a Sunday. So they'll, they'll do um, drills and games on Saturday, drills and games on Sunday. <clears throat> and then Sunday night we meet at the hotel. And it, last year was a big production. I mean, they had audio, video. They had it all set up. We, you know, people are dressed up. The players are asked to to look appropriate for because they're going to be called up and be interviewed and things like that. So what we do is we make a list of eight nine players that we want, and with of course you know who we have at the top and who's. That, of course, everybody else is probably looking at, too. And it's kind of surprising how when you see what teams are looking for and who they draft, it's like, okay, we would have thought they would have taken. And they probably say the same thing about us uh, when you look at it. But the thing is, the, the last few years, we've gotten who we wanted out of the draft, and they've either become a starter or been a role player for us. So it has, it has lended itself to that. Uh, we're required to draft two people each team. So this year, let's say if there are the 50 teams, which there are right now, so 100 players would be um, drafted and invited to training camp. Now, it's not a guarantee that they'll make the team, but it, it's, a, it's a guarantee that they'll be in training camp. So the opportunity does get there. So, yeah, it can be a little hectic because, you know, some of the coaches that uh, I'm really good friends with, like Cliff and that, Cliff Levingston up in Kokomo, we'll talk back and forth and we'll kind of eyeball each other's list, uh, you know, not necessarily showing them, but we right. kind of, you know, throw out names that go, oh, yeah, I was looking at him and da, 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 you know, just kind of cat and mouse in each other when it comes to that. But the thing is, it, it's pretty neat. It's a great experience. And it's also a good it's also good to where you can get to meet the other coaches that you don't normally play against uh in because of location and it's also good because players can also come up and you can interact with players and tell right away if it's somebody that you do want in your organization or not and it usually goes pretty well well i'm i'm, I'm gonna hope to see within my own eyes of what leads on over that weekend because it, it's gonna be fun and interesting to see it uh, how it plays out how things come together and then the the then to follow up with how the teams are going to put their teams together and then leading up to obviously into the season. So it's going to be, for me, it's, it's going to be quite the experience because it's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch everything that goes on. And then like you guys, it's going to be like, okay, I, I, I know, you know, for me, for example, I'm a free agent, but as far as when, you know, going out there and taking a look at different teams and cause you do gravitate between, I mean, if, if I'm in Philly, I, I could have gravitated towards my own hometown teams, of course, but being down in the, in the Tampa area, I get to see all the different teams when it comes to the TBL. And it, and it's fun to see, like I said, the lineup they're going to have between the Eastern division, the Western. I mean, this year, the teams that they've put together, it is going to be all of you guys are going to be challenged. I think probably the oh, yeah. most 
in the short years that the TVL has been around, I think it's going to be the most challenging season ever. And it's going to be really exciting to see how it's all going to end up playing out and, and seeing what guys come back home uh, from playing overseas basketball, joining their teams as well. So it's going to be, I think, 2023 for the TVL, the same way for the Owensboro Thoroughbreds. I think it's going to be a, the probably the best year uh, in the success of, of, of the league itself. So I'm dying to see what's going to end up happening is again, it seems like it's forever, but everybody's starting out to kind of ramp up and, and see what's happening. But listen, right. coach, first of all, thank you once again for coming back, you know, for coming on with us and please come back so we can keep oh, finding absolutely. out what Owensboro doing and then and bring your team market owner as well. So he can talk about as far as the merchandise, Lord knows what he's got, in, you know, what he's got for you guys this season. I mean, with, between the t-shirts and everything else, I'm pretty sure he's going to have a lot to talk about as well. Oh, he's got some other things planned for us, so it, <laughs> it would be good. I'm sure Chris would would love to come on here and, and do this. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate it. And again, good luck to you guys and to everyone else. As I saw the comments, the Phillies took care of business 9-1, to so they are one win away, you guys, from going to the NLCS. Could we see a rematch between the Phillies and if the Dodgers end up making it? I think in Philadelphia, we'd be more than ecstatic to say so, but – Again, thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. Don't forget to please like and subscribe, not only to us, but to the Owensboro Thoroughbreds as well. So you guys don't miss any action whatsoever. So, Coach, thank you once again to everyone else. Thank you to my producer over in Studio B. I thank her as well, Debbie. And for everyone else, enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will see you on Sunday.